0: You lollygag the ball around the end. Of it. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you, Larry? Lollygaggers. This is the Bullpen Brothers. And welcome to the Bullpen Brothers. I guess, postseason edition for the state schools in Oklahoma, but also College World Series coming up. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But Dave's joining me now. Dave Myrick. I'm Randy Heights. And, man, at Portal's going to be a big subject of conversation, I think, for both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in this offseason. Because, well, it's to me, it's the first full season where we kind of all know what's going on, Dave. Where we know how the Portal's going to be used across college athletics.
1: Yeah, that's right. And we kind of touched on it last week. What does Oklahoma need, right? I mean, what are they going to go after? Uh, We both thought pitching would would be a big deal. And lo and behold, they go out and get uh, a Wichita State transfer this week in the portal. Uh, Jace Minor, who had a very good season for the Shockers out of the bullpen last last year. And that's that's going to fill a big need. Uh, They're not done yet. And I I can tell you, I don't know if this is earth-shattering news or not, but I can confirm that Will Karstens is indeed coming back to OU next year. So that definitely good news for that Sooner pitching staff adding minor to it.
0: Hey, you know, I'll be honest. Will Karstens, in my opinion, is big news. Because being a junior, we've had this discussion. You lose all leverage going into another year. His upside is tremendous, and the injuries kind of derailed him a little this year. Because he started as a starter this year. I thought was pitching okay, starting to find his groove, and then had that injury, came back, closed out some games at the end of the year, really developed himself, and then kind of hit a swoon again. You know, So I think it's big to get him back because his upside is trem- tremendous, Dave, especially when you factor in exactly what they have coming back.
1: Uh, no doubt about it. I'm very curious and interested to see what his development is with an entire season of practice when they know where he's going to go, right? I mean, it's going to be a known position he's coming into. I have to think he's going to compete for one of those three weekend starter roles and he's got the tools to do it. No, uh, no. no I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I think that's a very, very big and good sign for Oklahoma next year that Will has told people he's coming back. And it just adds another arm with really good stuff as we head into uh, the 24.
0: And he's he's got the stuff. We talk about stuff. He's got the stuff that Is Friday night capable, and that's what you like to see out of him. Not, I'm not saying he will be the Friday night guy, but he's at least got. You've got an arm you could look at and you go, okay, that might fill that role. But I'm like you, I think for sure he's going to fill one of the three weekend roles, which is very positive for Oklahoma. We're going to have Jace Miner on here in just a little bit to be able to talk to him about, you know, his transfer to Oklahoma, and I, I think that's a big pickup, and that's only. The first of many. I think you're going to see Oklahoma be very active. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he was saying, you know, Oklahoma needs to be more active this year even than they were last year, maybe in the JUCO market. And like I told him, the reason I think they're going to be busy in the portal, I think really the portal now is the old-school JUCO market. And I think you're going to see Oklahoma trying to fill a lot of needs with guys. I mean – Heck, we talk about Jace Minor. There's 30 other guys in the portal from Wichita State. I'm not saying you want that whole team, but they could go get one or two guys from there. There's guys that I didn't expect to jump in the portal, a young kid from North Carolina State that's a speedy outfielder. I mean – Maybe that's a guy they go get in on. There's a couple of shortstops out there because we don't know if Dakota Harris is coming back. That's all one of the things, depending on the draft. So, you know, that's something we have to watch here over the next few weeks. And both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, I think you're going to see them be very, very active here over the next month. And And we'll get into coaching changes as well because we're going to have jays here in just a second so we won't get into that but oklahoma and oklahoma state each had coaches leave this past week so we can talk a little bit about that and how maybe that affects them moving forward but it's going to be a fun offseason dave I i really think so
1: yeah and to your point it's it's very difficult for the staff right now because you you touched on it the draft they don't really know they're hopeful who comes back but they don't know for sure so you take a guy like Bryce Madrin, that's kind of 50, 50. Do you go out and try to get a speedy outfielder from NC state to replace him right now? Are you banking on the chance he gets drafted or do you hold off and roll the dice? It's, it's very interesting talking to, talking to guys on that staff and, and kind of who they're searching for and why and what they're waiting to find out. It's it's very complex and a lot more difficult than I think people think.
0: And this is nothing against the kid, but it's one thing that makes Will Karsten's hard because you want him back if you can get him back. And he's saying he's coming back. And I think he's his plan is right now that he is. But at the same time, it just takes one scout out there that looks at his size, his repertoire, and, goes, and talks his team into drafting him in the top 10 rounds and he gets the money that he's like, oh man, I didn't expect to get this. I, I, I'm sorry, coach. I got to take it, which the coaching staff wouldn't begrudge him on that. But all of a sudden you're scrambling mid July now to replace the guy you thought was coming back. So the draft is, a, I think I've mentioned it multiple times on this show. The draft is a different animal that no one else has to deal with in college sports like baseball does.
1: He completely agree, and yeah, I can sit here and say I've heard, and it's confirmed he's coming back. It, they have no idea. I don't have an idea because what you just said. There could be one dude out there that's like, no, he's got stuff. We need to get him in our system right now. Here's the check, and he's gone. So it, it's very good news to hear a player wants to return. Now, whether or not they actually do, it, we're like everybody else. We just got to wait and see.
0: Well, coming up, we're going to be joined by Jace Miner, the newest sooner and big pickup for Oklahoma in the transfer portal.
2: Sounds good. All right.
0: As mentioned, Jace Miner are joining us now here on the Bullpen Brothers, Randy Heights, Dave Myrick. Jace, of course, the newest commitment for the University of Oklahoma out of the transfer portal. Jace, thanks for taking some time out to joining us today, and congratulations on your choice of the University of Oklahoma.
2: Thank you, and uh, I really appreciate that. You know, uh, Thank you for also having me on here.
0: Hey, Jace, when you look at kind of how you approach the transfer portal, you didn't waste much time on deciding your destination. H- how did you handle this whole process? What was it like for you getting in the portal and being recruited yet again to play college baseball?
2: You know, there's there's a huge difference. I, I would say coming out of the portal and getting recruited out of high school. One of the biggest things is you know, there's a it's almost like a rush period for the portal because you you only have a you know one to two months um, instead of you know a couple of years in high school. Um, so that was the biggest thing was trying to figure out and navigate through, you know, the schools that were reaching out and uh, making sure I found out what I felt like would be home. Um, you know, and I had an amazing visit at Oklahoma, loved the coaching staff. Um, and also was two hours away from where I live, uh, you know, what I call home also. So, you know, the biggest thing was is navigating through it and uh, just finding that feeling, the feeling of, you know, OK, this place, this place feels like home. And uh, that's what Oklahoma did for me.
1: Jace, you're, you're coming from Wichita State. We all know that they had a little coaching turnover there at the end. The uh, the coach of the year is, is gone, and they, they bring a new guy in. I, I've got to ask, was this something that – is that what spurred your decision to transfer, or was that something that you had already kind of decided on as the season went on?
2: You know, it was kind of a decision that was made by – with me and my family um, moving forward before the whole coaching situation. Um, we had a lot of things kind of happen there in the in – the, uh, winter break um as you know we we lost our coach coach wedge um you know we had the interim coach Lauren Hibbs who did uh you know a good job but it felt like it was time to find a new chapter um kind of just seeing how everything was going how everything was kind of running um and trying to find a, a place that was a little more um fully supportive and kind of ready to go for the next season
0: you mentioned the coaching staff at Oklahoma being a big reason you chose the Sooners to come pitch out next season. What is it about this coaching staff that, you know, was an instant attraction for you, it sounds like?
2: You know, one of the biggest things was it seemed like a family, um, which is something, you know, we, we've kind of struggled with a little bit at Wichita State. Um, as you can see, you know, we have had we have 30-plus dudes in the portal. Um, you know, they, the coaching staff felt like a family, and they were, as I like to say, great shooters you know there wasn't there wasn't any beating around the bush or you know promises that were you know over the head of like you can't promise that um but it felt like a coaching staff that also something that would help me develop not only as a player but as a man um you know coming in you know from a life situation as well
1: yeah jay so at wichita state you primarily out of the bullpen what what are your goals coming to oklahoma what what would you like to see happen with, with your spot on this team
2: the biggest goal right now is I want to be in the weekend rotation. Um, you know, and that's that's obviously going to take a lot of work, um, but that's something I love to do, you know. So, you don't know, play this sport um and not knowing for those kind of for those kind of spots you got to work for it. Um so you know, I'm excited to, you know, get into Oklahoma, um, you know, hopefully make a statement and show that I can be on that weekend rotation. Um and that's a goal. Cuz you know, I want I want to take this game as far as I can and that's past college. Um, you know, so the best way to do it is to make sure that, you know, people know, okay, I, I can start, I can, you know, do everything kind of from the leading spot to the starting spot. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the main goal right now, come in and be a starter.
0: Hey, Jace, you know, for the fans out there that, you know, they know the name, they saw you pitch against Oklahoma oh, I mean, this year maybe, but didn't get to follow your career a ton at Wichita State. Kind of let the fans know the kind of repertoire you bring in from the mound.
2: So, you know, I have, I have about five pitches, so I got a cutter, a two-seam, slider, curveball, and a changeup. So, you know, and the, the biggest thing kind of that came from this year compared to my freshman year is I learned how to pitch. Um, so, you know, it, no matter what the count is, I have comfort doing any one of those five pitches. Um, that's the biggest kind of thing that I feel like I have going for me as well. Um, you know, we're working on putting some more weight on right now, making sure we can kind of get the velo up as well for next year. Um, but I feel like I bring in a huge, you know, rest. Kind of like you said, you know, the, the pitching side, that bring a lot of different looks. Um, Being lefty, having those amount of pitches, um, and I, I feel like I can keep batters off guard pretty pretty well.
1: Well, I mean, no one skipped Johnson in his track record and the, the guys he's put up to the majors. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, Irvin, uh, the, the list goes on. I think you're in good hands there. Uh, did I see it right? Did, was your dad an MMA fighter and, and was the first amputee to do so?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, wow. He was the, the first. First one-handed fighter to go pro in the world, um, you know. So he he's been a huge inspiration to me. Um, but not only that, he's helped me from you know from high school, even when I was little, you know, to now of knowing that you know you don't nothing's given and everything's earned. Um, you know, from from the work standpoint, and you know, making sure you hit that late, hit that weight room hard, uh, but also you know make sure you're invested in yourself as well. Um, you know, if there's if there's someone who can say that and say it with confidence, it's for sure him as, you know, the criteria he has, he's done for himself.
0: Hey, Jays, th- that's an amazing story. I love to hear things like that, and I love the family involvement. Uh, on the baseball front, just kind of one thing, final thing for me, or two final things. First of all, what are you doing this summer? Are you playing summer league? And then second, you mentioned it's a month-and-a-half, two-month window for the portal, and you see it in other sports where – guys commit and then they're trying trying to rally players to come join them are you doing any of that are you reaching out whether it's to former teammates or we know the baseball world small where you play summer league and get to know people across the country is this one where you're looking and you see guys you know that are in the portal going hey come join me at oklahoma kind of of, are you doing any of that now
2: so from the summer standpoint, I'm actually staying home, um, working on putting on some weight, like I said, with transitioning strength conditioning coach and then working with a pitching coach remotely on some mechanical work. Um, I'll probably be playing in tournament later in July um, to kind of prepare for, you know, making sure I'm ready to throw it as soon as I get to OU. Um, and then from the from the, the teammates' side, you know, I'm asking teammates seeing how they're doing and stuff. Um, not necessarily, you know, rallying together in that, that standpoint, but also, you know, also making sure like guys know that hey this is this is an amazing place, um, just from taking that visit. You know, I know I haven't stepped on campus and dealt with them from that baseball side yet, but just from the visit, you know, these these guys know what they're doing, um and that there's there's a there's a lot of a lot of upside and a lot of good here.
1: So Jace, one final thing for me, uh but you kinda touched on it, putting on weight. What what all goes into coming out of the bullpen the wanting to transition to be a starter you know when you come out of the pen, you can step on the mound and kind of let it rip you're not really thinking long term in the game what what goes in physically and mentally to try to transition to that starter role
2: you know so I was a starter my entire career this was the first year I've kind of just done the bullpen
1: um, you know and the biggest thing was going
2: from a starter I have my routines um, you know as a starter it's, it's, it's easy to kind of get those routines down know what you're doing every single day and uh, make sure you do that every day um from from a relief standpoint you know you don't really have that okay i'm I'm pitching friday or saturday um and that's all i have you know you have you're you're hot almost every day of, of that you play um so you know it's one of the things where you got to change up things you're not going to get almost that routine because they can switch every single day or every single week you know um so the biggest thing that i think that i'll succeed with on that is i'm a big routine guy um obviously like i said as a bullpen you kind of can't have that but with that routine. Um, I feel like I'll get back to where I was success-wise even you know, after this year um, and, and to have a better year, in, in my opinion.
0: Hey, man, I want to thank you again for your time. And, and, you know, if you need anything at Oklahoma while you're here, Dave and I are always around. J- just hook us up. We'll, we'll, we'll let you help you learn the lay of the land around Oklahoma, man.
2: Well, I appreciate it, and I thank you guys for having me. All
0: right. Thanks a lot. That's Jace Miner, the newest Sooner, coming to Oklahoma from Wichita State.
2: Tag
3: Firearms is the premier seller of high-end brand firearms. AR-10 and 15 rifles by Novesky and LMT. Proof research carbon fiber barrels and lightweight hunting rifles. Nighthawk and Staccato 2011 handguns. Silencers, receivers, optics, and night vision products by b Invision, Defiance Machine, EOTech, Q, and Thunderbeast. Tag ships anywhere in the U.S. Visit tagfirearms.com.
0: Man, what an interview by Jace. Uh, That kid has got a good head on his shoulders, Dave. I mean, I think he says the right things, and you can tell when he's talking, he's not just – a lot of times you get in those interviews where guys know, I need to say this. But you get a genuine feeling from him when he's talking about development, the coaching staff and everything. Really a positive sign, I think, there with the Jace Minor coming to Norman.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you hear the guy talk, his inspiration, his dad, like, like I touched on in the interview with the first amputee MMA fighter. That, that's not easy. I mean, doing it with all limbs is incredibly hard. The fact he was able to go do that, and that's what Jay has to draw on. You can tell it made a big impact on him and then who he is. And yeah, you're exactly right. It's a genuine kid that wants to work hard and come in and work for Oklahoma. It's, a- astoundingly good pickup for a pitching staff that's, that's in bad need of it, no doubt.
0: Yeah, and that's the best news. And we've talked about it off there. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, you got if Jamie hit comes back and Carson's truly does make it back to campus, you got three guys you feel. Pretty decent about trying to fill in a weekend rotation, and if nothing else, even if you got other guys, which they've got a really good recruiting class coming in, that take weekend roles. You got you got multiple guys that can go long innings, so re- really a very positive move, <clears throat> I think, for Oklahoma in the very first portal pickup of this year.
1: Yeah, and you touched on it. You asked the question, hey, are you trying to recruit your teammates? Because we all know I just got a a text from Chip Glass, former OU great, saying, man, what's up with all these Wichita State transfers? Uh, There are more in the portal that that Oklahoma definitely is interested in, and it would be gigantic if he's able to maybe sway a few this way. But, uh, no, he's definitely the first, uh, and and they're hopeful to to get more. But, no, that sets their pitching staff up. At least on paper, in a really good spot with with guys that you've seen. Not only uh, does Jace, you know, say all the right things and it's genuine. He's also got really good stuff. As Oklahoma found out, I think he went he got his three first and a third. career save. Yeah, yeah, first career save against Oklahoma. Three and a third, struck out five guys in those three and a third innings. So yeah, he's, he's got stuff to go along with. What what seems to be a really good personality and, and work ethic. So yeah, it's it's a good good pickup for Oklahoma.
0: Before we get into the regionals and everything, of course, let's talk about two two elephants in the room that were very interesting, I think, from this past week. One at Oklahoma State, one at Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma State fans, I've been asked over and over again, Rob Walton, Josh Holliday, what's going on? Things need to change. They need well, they gotta change. Justin Seely, recruiting coordinator he decided to step down at Oklahoma State, and I'm not reading anything into it. I, you know, It's his decision. He decided to leave, but that's an interesting move considering recruiting coordinator and how they've done recruiting over the last few years. And then at Oklahoma, Clay Overcash, who I know has been very responsible for tracking down guys, getting Oklahoma in homes over the last few years, they parted ways this past week. So Going to be on the lookout for two new coaches in Norman and Stillwater. And, of course, it will be a full-time spot in both spots because this coming season, I believe it may have went into effect now or as soon as the World Series is over. Instead of two full-time assistants, there are now three on staff. So it'll be really interesting to see how both those schools fill in that void.
1: Randy, I'm surprised. uh, Clay Overcash. That one kind of threw me off guard. Maybe it was something that you, well, he's wanting to spend more time with his family. We're not in those rooms. We don't know. It's just the optics of it and the timing seemed a little odd. But yeah, Oklahoma now on the lookout for a new assistant coach to fill that void. Oklahoma State, I'm with you. I don't read much into it except the timing. That, that right now is really the time that you're supposed to get out, you know, try to get these recruits in and get in their homes. And they, the, the portal, especially to not have a guy recruit, uh, coordinating that at this time, seems a little weird. But uh, I guess OSU fans got what they asked for. They want to change. I'm not sure that's the change. That I was they wanted. like, no, they didn't.
0: They, trust me. They didn't get what they asked for. <laughs> I've got a few of my DMs. They did They did not get what they asked for.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think Rob Walton burned a t- is what I've read a couple times on and, and, and I think they,
0: they want Josh pretty much hold while he's done it doing it, I, I, yeah, it yeah it's
1: exactly I didn't didn't quite get that but it changed nevertheless and you're right now we're on the lookout to see who they get
0: yeah it'll be really interesting to see because I think they're both we know Oklahoma State's a really good job Oklahoma's a really good job I, I'm just throwing this out there I think it's an interesting hire because okay. Does there get to be too many cooks in the kitchen? And what I'm meaning by that is we all know Skip handles the pitching staff, right? And rightfully so. He's done a masterful job. Reggie handles the offense. Russell handles the defense with a little bit of offense. Do you really need another offensive guy? Or do you bring in a guy that can kind of, when Skip's, in the dugout can maybe be down in the bullpen with the pitchers working on things during game action do you bring a guy that's got a little because clay also worked with catchers right so do you bring in a guy that can work with catchers but also help out with the pitching staff just for at least game time situations that way he can be down there skip can be in the dugout I I don't know it's going to be really interesting to see what Oklahoma does
1: yeah, I mean, you don't want to get a guy and it's going to step on toes, right? That, that's, these guys are now in these positions for, for at least a season, if not seasons, and they're very used to their roles on the staff. And you don't want someone to come in and try to you know, turn that on his head. So that's that's what makes this a very interesting hire. I, I kind of agree that's probably what, where they'll go with someone that can take a little bit of the pitching and catching load off of Skip to work with those guys while he's, you know, overseeing the entire team and and these different coordinators, so to speak, he's brought in. So that would be my guess, but we'll just have to wait and find out like everybody else.
0: Yeah, it'll be really interesting. Oklahoma State, kind of in the same situation, where do you go from there? You already have a pitching coach. You have a guy in charge of offense. You know, at that point in time, it's just, you know, I think finding the right guy with the right fit. So – it'll be interesting hires. I don't expect anything to move rapidly on that because a lot of teams, we're going to talk regionals, there's eight teams still playing. You never know. There might be somebody that's in a volunteer role on one of those staffs or a full-time assistant looking for a new gig, you know? So I, I don't expect anything real fast on these jobs. And speaking of the World Series, what an eight that's made it to Omaha.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, or we did our bracket challenge for fun. All of us. So yeah, that's that's up in shambles. For <laughs> I have my national
0: champ left. I think that may be it. I'm not sure. No, I got Stanford. I'm trying to think. I've got and a few. I got a few.
1: Randy, I, I had Florida in the very first one I sent, and Calvin, who we're about to get unstocked Texas was like, "Oh, you decided to go with Florida after all," and I changed it to Clemson. So mine is out. So,
0: yeah. hey, I it, it's crazy. I. I was watching those games, and we'll get Calvin here in a minute to talk Texas, so let's kind of save that one for last, but when you look at the rest of this field, I mean, it's hard for me to go against Wake Forest. I think they're incredible. I do think there is one sleeper team out there. I counted them out early, and it's Tennessee. They've got really, really good pitching. They're playing well. They went on the road to a hostile environment in Southern Miss. I do think I would have loved to seen that regional or that super regional, that game one, be fully played. Because the right. kid that was throwing for game one for Southern Miss was just truly dealing, right? He was probably going to go seven, eight innings more than likely in that game. But all of a sudden, it gets rained out. And what, the fourth inning was it, I think? So they had to go mm-hmm. with another pitcher, burned an extra arm, and going in. I think everyone knew tennessee's pitching staffs deeper so out of that situation if there was one of those teams that could afford hey our starter didn't get to go but four innings because of rain tennessee was the team out of those two that was like okay sounds like a plan to us we're good we, right we got three other right. four other starters that we'll throw out there
1: yeah and it's uh it's set up for southern miss right they, mm-hmm. they get that uh, you know, they got their ace going. If they're going to win it and take the series, it had to be that day. It didn't happen, and Tennessee is deeper than they are in the bullpen and uh, on the mound, and that's what, what showed as they make it. But, you know, I, I said that my national champion, Clemson, is knocked out. There is one team that I've been riding since I covered them down in Arlington, and that's the TCU Horned Frogs, still alive and kicking. More than alive and kicking, they might be the hottest team in the country coming into this thing as they play. Uh, Oral Roberts. In Game One of the College World Series, I'm not sure how many people had them penciled in to make it, but I'm they did. Be honest, to us. Nobody, nobody <laughs> did. But I, what I was going to say, those of us that know Oklahoma baseball, we know what ORU is about, right? It, it's really not that big of a shock that they finally broke broke through and are in Omaha.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, from the days of Sonny as the head coach to Rob Walton as the head coach, and now Ryan Falmer, he's just picked up that torch for ORU. and and has continued to, and I I give it up to Oral Roberts. I mean, they went to Oregon, and I was really afraid. I I didn't, I'm not being mean. I was like, it wasn't like one of those that was going to kill me if they didn't make it or anything, but I felt bad for them on Friday, getting up 8-0, you know, Mm -hmm. you thought, oh, my, they're going to just run Oregon out of their own stadium. And next thing you know, they blow the lead, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. Saturday rolls around, they get down early, it's going to the ninth inning, and I really felt bad for them. And next thing you know, here comes Earl Roberts. It, it was an incredible showing on the weekend for them.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, how many teams, this is what it told me, they get up 8 nothing. everyone's on the train, I'm watching another game on squeeze play, and the guys on there are talking about ORU as being scorching hot uh, and the team to watch, and all of a sudden they lose that game, and you're thinking, oh, there is no way any college baseball team can come back from that. On the road in the Super, and they do, and it happens to be Oral Roberts that does it. Tiny little Oral Roberts to you know it. The character of that team, the want to, the fight, the grit that uh, they showed more this weekend up in Oregon, and maybe I've seen of any college baseball team in recent memory. I mean, to get down like that. I'm sorry, to get up like that and lose and to come back and they ultimately win on against a very hostile crowd and team, very impressive, and uh, looking forward to see what they can do in Omaha.
0: How about a neat storyline for Oral Roberts and, and Oklahoma State College connection? The Godman family gets to make back-to-back years to Omaha.
1: That's right. Jarrett Godman's brother is the catcher at Oral Roberts, I believe.
0: Yep, he is. It's pretty amazing when you look up and go, Especially, because think about it, the Godmans are from Nevada. But yet one finds Oklahoma, the other ends up transferring from NC State to Oral Roberts. I mean, pretty crazy. And really, that's, out of the last few years of catcher for Oral Roberts, it's back-to-back years that things like that have happened, because before Godman, it was Brady Linsley's brother, Tanner Linsley, at Oral Roberts' catcher.
1: Wow. Wow. Now, that is a tie-in, Uh <laughs> That's starting to border that that weird galaxy stuff. Well, you you touch on Wake Forest is is going to be tough to beat. I'll tell you what, I watched LSU this weekend, and the Paul Skeens guy that I says, like, Yeah, I mean, I got bad news for whoever he's playing. I'm like, you ain't going to win that game. Just mm-hmm. mark it off. Uh, just that's he's that good. He's probably the best college pitcher I have ever seen. I'm having trouble thinking of a better one. He's like. Strasburg, except with better command, when I'm talking about when Strasburg was in the majors. This guy is unbelievable. That's going to be a win for LSU. Now, maybe somebody can get him in a series, you know, take two out of three, but he's going to make them awfully, awfully tough to beat up there, uh, Randy. I, I like Wake, but man, LSU is awfully good.
0: Wake is ridiculous. Wake is, in my opinion, Dave, by far, it's not even in the same hemisphere, the best team in the in the World Series. Wake is about as close as we've seen baseball to what Oklahoma softball has been the last couple of years.
1: I mean, wow! Open that far. Okay.
0: Think about it. Their power numbers are one of the leading home run hitting teams in the country. They have the number one ERA in the country. And yes, Skeens, I'm with you. Skeens is incredible. He's the number one pick. The kid for Wake Forest that pitches on Friday night, not that far mm-hmm. back. He's the number two pitcher in the country. And so it's, you know, and that's where I say "Wait, Forest. There's a reason their nickname's Rake Forest, and it's funny because they're known for their offense. But, again, their ERA is the best in the country. It's incredible to yeah.
1: me. I've, I've, got to, I've got to say this, and I've hated to hear it the last decade when people do it, But those that play an SEC schedule week in, week out, the iron sharpens iron thing, I just think there's something a little bit different about these teams like LSU and Florida coming out of that conference.
0: Except I'll say this. I'll say this, Dave. I agree with what you're saying. But the ACC this year, it's not far
1: off.
0: I mean, look, they've got two teams in the World Series, too. I mean, Virginia and Wake are both there, and really they could have potentially had three just like the SEC could have potentially had even another, but they had a head-to-head matchup with, like, Kentucky and LSU, just like the ACC had Duke and Virginia, you know what I mean? So it, those teams, those conferences are good, and that's why I'm like one of the – it's going to be an ACC or an SEC team national champion, and I've heard a lot of national people say this is the year the ACC gets it done because people feel like the depth – in the ACC as far as quality was a little bit better than the SEC this year.
1: You know, it's tough tough to argue with that, but I've always, you know, believed in the adage they're champions until somebody beats them. And until somebody knocks off the SEC, I think they've won, what, three of the last four national Mm -hmm. championships in baseball, so it's, Until someone does it, you know, I I, I tend to agree with you on the point that the ACC is very tough, and that brings up another team I don't want to forget and not talk about because Virginia looks very scary, both on the mound and in the box. I I mean, any one of these teams, you know, I I think has a chance to go on a run and win this thing. Uh, ORU is, is facing an uphill battle, but I'm not going to count them out because of what I've seen, but... Uh, no, but I'm, I tend to agree Wake is the team to beat. But, I, you know, again, with schemes for LSU and what they can do offensively, that's, that's the team I've got right behind them. Hey,
0: you know what's funny? We haven't even mentioned – we'll bring on Calvin here in a second because let's talk about the, the other team before we bring on Calvin to talk about Texas and what ended up happening to them. But, I mean, Stanford, we all just kind of throw away. I, I, I don't feel like they can get it done. But their power numbers, their bats – they play to Omaha it'll be really interesting to see if they can muster enough pitching to win some games there
1: kind of weird with the Cardinal right they're in the World Series they've been ranked top 10 all season long one of the teams to beat and they're here and yet nobody's really even us they're the last thing we talk about because it's kind of what we saw against Texas that they're beatable Mm -hmm. and we saw Oklahoma beat them two out of four times and that's But on the other hand, I think when they're playing at their best and they've got it top to bottom, both pitching and hitting, they can beat any one of these teams in the field. And I think that's what the, you know, the lack of talking about them is people need to see it. So, yeah, they've earned their way into Omaha, but uh, not a lot of people on the Stanford bandwagon. And, wow, Randy, what a way to end a regional, which was a very good college baseball regional. The ending does not feel like it matches the, the level of baseball that we saw this weekend.
0: No doubt about it. Hey, how about this note before we bring Calvin on? I talked about how tough OU's schedule was. We had Ryan Gaines on last week, and what I tell you, there were nine victories for OU of super regional teams, OU against super regional teams. This week, going into the College World Series, how about this? Oklahoma has six victories over College World Series teams.
1: No kidding. Wow. Think about well, it. Well, that explains Two oh, TCU,
0: man, two Roberts, and two against Stanford.
1: So, again, Stanford it would have had, if, if that game out in Palo Alto goes different, would have had three over Texas.
0: Yeah, so you'd have seven instead of six.
1: Crazy. Well, that explains why they made the tournament, man.
0: Exactly, man. So, I, I just th- I thought that was an interesting note when I looked at that. I was like, wow, that's incredible to yeah. think. And we wondered why they made it and why their schedule was so tough. Right there. that That's the reason, yeah. man. All right, we're going to... Bring on Mr. Calvin here and talk a little Texas baseball to wrap up the season. All right, joining us now, as mentioned, Mr. Calvin Kirkland to talk a little college baseball, but Texas, because the Longhorn season comes to an end. And Calvin, we know you're a Texas guy. We know you're an you guy as well. But man, you know, I I I gotta admit, I even tweeted out the other day. For anyone to lose a game that way, that was just heartbreaking on Monday night.
3: It was, it was pretty brutal. Uh, Dave and I were still tweeting back and forth or I'm sorry, texting back and forth. And it was, uh, it was hard to watch, but you know, a lot of people, you know, forget that the game was still tied. You know, you don't know what was going to happen anyway after that. And uh, I go back to my old, uh, my old thought that, you know, if you don't want people to score, don't let them on base. And uh, there were a lot of things that happened uh, in the top half of that inning that could have went the Longhorns way, and they didn't. And
1: that happened,
3: and there you go. It was it was tough, but it was, uh, you know, anybody that's ever played, if you've lost the ball in the light, it's a very helpless feeling. And so I can't imagine what those guys are going through.
1: Yeah, it was, man. You're right. Apparently, it's a known deal out there in Palo Alto. At a certain time of day, it it almost becomes impossible to find that ball. And Look, if four guys that are D1 college baseball players can't find it in that situation, then nobody's going to find it. It's It's a situation that you hate to see a really good regional right, between two good teams that have played really good baseball in that way. I just told Randy before we got you on, it didn't feel like it matched what we had seen for a couple of days I was kind of with Lucas Gordon as soon as it went off the bat I got up you know to go to the fridge and get something and came back and thought what the hell just happened but it did and now Stanford's in Omaha we just talked about them we're not really sure what to make of the Cardinal nobody's really talking about them, I think because it they showed they were more than beatable and, and who knows what would have happened if that uh, if that pop-up gets caught but you know, it worked out the way it did. Now Texas moves on. They're going to lose some guys uh, to the draft, I'm sure. And then kind of what are your thoughts on what they need to look at to replace both in the portal and in recruiting this season?
3: Uh, so back to the to the outfielders
1: first, the first
3: comment. You know, you're talking about <laughs> obviously two of the, of the best outfielders in the Big 12, uh, especially – you know, Kennedy came on late, but, but Dylan Campbell was the only reason that Texas was even in that game. And it's extremely difficult to be a fan of both of these teams. When you when you have things like that happen and, and you know when Oklahoma's already out and Texas is is put out and they're put out in a way that's like that, it's just best to stay off of social media for a while because it can can get pretty rough out there. Uh, But, you know, you got to be pretty thick-skinned, and and those guys know that this is a big-boy sport, and uh, there is absolutely no reason for, you know, a lot of people think that that Dylan Campbell should have caught that ball. And, you know, like I said, if you've ever lost a ball in the life, You know how helpless that is. He is the last person on that entire team that should hang his head down. He had an absolutely fantastic season, fantastic season. And and Kennedy came on really hot the second half of the season. So that's that on that. And then, uh, you know, obviously I haven't done a whole lot of looking to see what they're going to have to replace. but uh, you know, some of the fifth year seniors like Kennedy come to mind. I did see a tweet uh from Dylan Campbell's family that he is coming back. So that's huge. Wow. You're gonna lose uh Gordon. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Right. <laughs> uh
3: you're you're going to to lose probably your top three starters to the draft. That's going to happen. Oklahoma knows that helpless feeling all too well. So it's going to be an interesting deal. It's going to be an interesting team. They are young. They do have a lot of youth, Uh, but they do have some key guys, uh, especially, you know, pitchers, starting pitchers, and uh, and some of their their core guys. Porter Brown, I believe, is a senior. I'll have to, I'll have to get out and, and. I believe a, you're right. Really, really get to look and see who's who's fifth-year guys or, or, or seniors that are leaving. So well, I haven't done that yet.
0: Calvin, this Texas team, I think, kind of like you talked about, they were head-scratching like I think a lot of the teams in the Big 12. They would get on a run and play really well for three, four, five, six, seven games in a row, and then, then just lay the biggest eggs in the world. Now, once the NCAA tournament started, the two weekends in a row, played pretty well but it it was just such an odd team to follow as soon as you wanted to jump on the bandwagon thinking okay this team's legit they would go lay an egg and then once you'd wanted to bag on them because they're laying an egg for a couple of weekends in a row they would go knock off somebody you know you didn't expect them to beat how how weird was it watching this team this year more than most years I think out of Texas baseball
3: I mean, you nailed it. You nailed it. It was an up-and-down roller coaster. I even tweeted roller coaster of the season, I think, at some point after that loss. And, I mean, it was just a, you know, it was a wild season. It was a head-scratcher, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I, I I I go back to after the West Virginia game, uh, the, the third West Virginia game where Texas was able to, Beat them three games in a row, and, and after that game, the offense—I have no idea what happened to the offense. Mm-hmm. That is the last that I expected to see. You know, I, over the course of the season, I kind of got to understand that you know these guys are good pitchers. On, on you know their starters are good pitchers, and they're good, but they're all going to give up some runs. The offense completely disappeared for over a month. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, and it was, it was hard to explain. I couldn't, as a fan, I'm watching this and I'm going, "Are you kidding me?" Especially the Stanford, you know, the the first game against Stanford, you know, this guy goes a 155 pitches or something. I guarantee you, a hundred of them were change ups. And they never made an adjustment. Nobody ever did anything. It's like you're going, "Oh my gosh, guys, nobody <laughs> stood on this changeup? <laughs> nobody did." And we just—I mean, these are great baseball players, and these are professional coaches, and everybody gets paid to make these decisions. And you know, it was definitely a hard season to watch. It was a roller coaster. You had the the. Long win streak where everybody thought, okay, this is a top five baseball team. A couple of weeks later, they lost three series in a row, and you're going, whoa, wait a minute, I don't know what's going on. So, you nailed it. That was that was it. It was not a uh, steady season by any means, but you know there were several teams that were that way. LSU was that way. There were uh, talk about Tennessee. They came out of the gate a favorite. I don't think anybody thought Tennessee was going to be in the World Series a month ago. No doubt. So, I mean, it's just a tough one. It's it's a head-scratcher, but I'm proud of the team. I think they had a great season. I think they exceeded expectations, and uh, we'll get ready to do it again next year
1: yeah they did man i think youth has to be attributed to a lot of that because outside of west virginia and maybe oklahoma state who seemed to play about the most consistent ball in the league everybody was like that this year i mean you bring up uh tennessee being the world series tell people you know six weeks ago tcu was in omaha and watch the laugh you get from that it's just people lost a lot and i think it took some people some time to, to figure out who was going to do what with texas it was Uh, Very odd to see that offense in Arlington against the two Kansas schools. And like you and I talked, maybe they didn't have a whole lot to play for, weren't motivated. But as it turned out, that would carry over, you know, in the postseason play, which makes how they were able to get on to Coral Gables and come out of that regional (laughs) winner even more head scratching. But they did. And I'm with you. I think it exceeded expectations by a lot given what they lost, and uh, yeah, good season for the Longhorns, good season for Oklahoma, as it turned out. Now, guys, we start to look ahead to Omaha with that first game coming up Friday. What uh, what are your thoughts? We kind of talked about ORU and TCU before we got you on. Uh, you watch Danford a lot this weekend. I've just told Randy, whoever goes against Paul Skeens and LSU, just write that one as a loss because he's the best pitcher I've seen in college baseball. Uh, what are your thoughts on the World Series and then the matchup and the team to watch in your opinion? Uh, you talk We're talking both of us. Randy, you want to take that first or you want me to go? Uh, I, I'll let no, you I'll go ahead
0: and go, Calvin. Yeah, because I, I talked about it a little earlier. But, yeah, you go ahead and go.
3: Okay. Well, uh, you know, the whole time I'm watching the Texas game, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I don't know if, if it's a reward to win this game or not because <laughs> Wake is – absolutely scary right now Mm -hmm. you know you win that game you got to go play them and then you look at the other side of the bracket you know I think uh TCU is is very capable of getting this done uh their starting pitching has come around we all know what their offense has done ORU did not surprise any of us, at least the three of us. We all knew that they were very capable of winning the the regional. And then when you get in the super regional, that thing was up and down. Oregon, by the way, let's talk about them. <laughs> I saw that they have a top five recruiting class coming in next season. They're a team to keep an eye on next year.
0: I'm with you, man. Uh,
3: but I think, you know, I think I've been doing enough of those games. I've seen uh, enough of those College World Series games that anything can happen. Anything is possible. I will be rooting for ORU and TCU to, to get it done. But my expectation is that it's going to be Florida and, and Wake that, that make all the noise.
0: I have one half of that, day. I mean, Calvin. I, I had Wake, but my other team was, was Vanderbilt, who, well, they laid an egg on the opening weekend. So uh, I, I definitely think Wake. I mean, I was trying to tell Dave earlier, Calvin, that team's incredible, best ERA in the country, and yet all anyone can talk about is their offense. And I think that it, says pretty much all you need to
3: know. It is. It is scary. And I did not know, and I feel terrible for not paying more attention to them, you know, they're kind of number one Mm -hmm. between them and LSU all season, and everybody knows they're good, but until you actually watch that team play baseball, you don't really get a full understanding Mm -hmm. of just how talented they are, they are going to be very difficult to beat, but, you know, Stanford comes out of the gate with their top guy, anything can happen, I mean, Oklahoma beat it, so it, it can happen, it can happen, so. If anybody well, can do it, I'm putting, my, I'm putting my money on that guy because what he did against Texas was just phenomenal, incredible.
1: You guys are uh, both sold on Wake, and I'll tell you, they're, they're the best team I've seen this season. But like I told Randy before we got you on, man, and I know the ACC is strong this year, but there's something about those SEC teams that go through that schedule week in, week out, when they get to this time of, year, time of year, they're just different up there. And until somebody beats them, I'll have to see it. I'm going to go with LSU to surprise a few people and win this whole thing.
3: We're going pick.
0: Ooh, Tough. I'm staying where I was at. I'm staying, I'm, I'm staying awake. I mean, top to bottom. Love that team.
1: Same with Rake uh, Forest. I get it.
3: A team that, that I, I think, is probably the best top to bottom is definitely weight so i expect them to win but you know the the stats for the number 1 team in the country winning the college world mm-hmm. series i don't remember exactly they are but i know they're not very good it's like the not last good. 15
0: years i don't think the number 1 yeah. seeds won something like that it's ridiculous
3: so for the sake of my futures bet i am going to go out on the, <laughs> the list and say that virginia We'll get it done. Oh, I like Whoa. it. I like Those it. Those guys have two outstanding pitchers that are as good as anybody in that thing, and they can rake. So and what's, what's
1: Virginia doing right now? We're all talking about Wake Forest and LSU and Paul Skeens. And what's Virginia doing? They're kind of flying under the radar here. Exactly. It's a kind of forgotten team, and they're as dangerous as anybody as we just saw. So I, I like that pick.
3: I think they can absolutely sneak in there They're a clutch team They were dominant in their regional And their super regional They were very dominant They're focused They have some older leadership on that team I think they have quite a few seniors and juniors on that team So That's a scary team Uh, But how cool would it be If ORU Could somehow get that thing done
0: I agree
3: that would be the neatest thing in the world to me to just see a small school like that, just go in there. And and they're certainly capable. Mm -hmm. You guys, they are fun to watch. They had, you know, I don't know the team that well, but after the center fielder dropped that one ball and they scored, I think two or three runs on that particular play, I thought, man, that is one crappy way to end the season. Yep. He hit, the, he hit the home run the next top half of the inning that I, it had to go 450-plus. It was a it was smashed. And then they win that game. Then they win the next game. And here they are. And, you know, they've, they've got that why not us mentality. And, and they can certainly do it too. But it's not going to surprise me to see any of those teams win – it's going to be interesting seeing how the favorites navigate their way through that, you know, we're supposed to win and don't. Because okay. that, that changes that changes the mentality of the entire team. When you go out there, you just scored 22 runs. Let's use Wake for an example. You just scored 22 runs to win your, your Super Regional and then you go up against a guy that's just as good as there is and you may not score a run, how's that going to affect the entire team's psyche? We don't know that, so
0: we'll see. No doubt. Hey, Calvin, thanks for your time, man, and we'll talk to you more throughout the summer. Yep, looking forward
3: to it, guys, and uh, looking forward to watching some good baseball.
0: No I'm doubt about it, man. We'll talk to you later, matches, Calvin.
3: I can barely watch the teams. All right, guys.
0: See, see you, bud. See yeah. you. And that was Calvin Kirkland, man. A great interview, and, he, and he's right about Texas. It had to be, as a Texas fan, one of the hardest seasons to watch because for all the highs, all the lows kicked you right in the gut, I'm sure. I mean, just crazy.
1: Yeah, man. If you were to diagram the worst possible way to lose and have your season end in a, a certain spot, I can't come up with anything worse than what I thought with that drop fly ball. Man, I – Look, I'm not a Texas fan. That's, you know, I, I don't make any bones about that, but I, I'm with you. I saw what you tweeted that it's impossible not to feel something for those kids. And I do. That's, you don't want to see any kid, any college athlete go through that. Uh, but they are, and then they'll learn from it, whatever you can learn that, you know, you can't see in a California sky at that time of day. But a uh, tough way to go out. It kind of put a punctuation mark on what was a very up and down and odd year for the Texas Longhorns. But, uh, yeah, they're done. And now we've got one left, the one lone Big 12 team, the TCU Horned Frogs in Omaha, to uh, watch and see see how they do. Yeah, no doubt, man.
0: Hey, Dave, there's another fun show. We'll, we'll come back next week. We'll do another one, talk a little bit more about what's going on in the offseason for both state schools and look ahead to the national title
1: series. Uh, I look forward to it, Randy. Good talking to you, bud. All right,
0: talk to you later, Dave. That's the Bullpen Brothers. Another great week.